and welcome. it's live. Hey. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. My name is Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, and? And Baruch Sadogurski from Sunnyvale, California. You actually said your last name. Yeah, no, you, you keep reminding me that I should do it, so I did it. Well, clearly, it, it does seem that you do remember it. I, I worry there occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are things in the new Jay Frog office? Uh, it's absolutely awesome. We love it. We had our own uh, our first meetup in the new office a couple of days ago on Tuesday. Um, it was great. A good turn turnaround in the facilities. It worked great. So now I hope we'll have at least one meetup a month. And uh, Ken, when you are in the area, let's do some groovy meetup. Oh, absolutely. Sounds like a plan. I, I don't know when I'm going to be out there again, but I'm sure we can uh, keep it in mind. Uh, what sorts of meet meetups are you having there? So we usually do the stuff that we care about, like DevOps and, uh, and this kind of stuff. But we also care about Groovy, so I think that will be just wonderful. Oh, well, it's good to hear. Um, any rate, uh, this is November 17th, so I've got the show notes posted. Uh, anything else you want to comment on before we dive into the news items themselves? Hey, let's dive into the new news items because they are great. Okay, well, we had a release, uh, actually two releases of Grails this week. The 3.2.3 release uh, came out, and also in the 3.1 line, they released 3.1.14. Uh, the 3.1 is more maintenance-related. 3.2 is, of course, the primary branch now. Uh, 3.2.3 included uh, mostly bug fixes and some small improvements, but some people did comment on the return of the Grails wrapper, Grails W. You ever used that before? Uh, no, but it looks like the whole wrapper thing is, uh, you know, picking up. And, and uh, I'm glad to see that. I think that the idea is clear and the advantages are, are obvious. So it's actually very good, to, very good to see. Well, for a while, I wondered why. You know, because you just install Grails. It's not even like you've got a full installer. You just have a zip file. You unzip and set the home variable. But the same benefit from the Grails wrapper is the one you get from the Gradle wrapper, which means you already have uh, a wrapper that specifies the correct version of Grails for this particular app. And since Grails exactly. does depend on, yeah, each app does depend on which version of Grails it was created under, that, that is a real benefit there. Yep, yep. Yeah, I often use good old SDK man to switch between Grails versions when I'm working on different apps. Uh, well, way, so I guess that's that's the dependency that you don't need anymore with the with the wrapper, and that's the good thing about it because you can argue that you don't need the Gradle wrapper when you uh, use SDK Man. But again, the the whole idea of those wrappers uh, uh, is about minimizing uh, system dependencies, and uh, that's another step forward. Well, it's also one thing for a developer to install multiple versions of Grails. It's a whole other thing for the client or for the deployment environment. And this way, by having the wrapper in there, you could key everything to the wrapper and you get everything uh, already set up properly. That's very helpful. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Seems pretty much coincidental that Gradle is also on 3.2, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough. Uh, they don't have a dot version. I think they're 3.2.0 at the moment. 
So they released that. Uh, again, the vast majority of the changes are performance related. They have claimed that they have improved the uh, analysis of um, what dependencies are needed in many cases, especially in very large complex builds, so that the, the startup time is vastly improved. Uh, so from a developer point of view, it doesn't really seem to change much, but from a user point of view, it's nice to know that things are improving under the hood. Yep. So that's, uh, they, they continue with all this notion of uh, performance improvements on uh, before anything else, be before uh, any new feature. And um, I guess that's what they hear from their huge customers that they have that that's the most important uh, that's the most important in the moment more important than the other things I know they spend a lot of time with companies like Netflix which have literally thousands of Gradle builds uh, and therefore need to worry about scale all the time so yeah, that's exactly. probably where that's coming from uh, they did mention that uh, the Kotlin support is on its way so they, they do continue to work on that uh, we'll see how that comes out. Did we mention the blog post with the milestones last time? I don't remember. Uh, they have a blog post that specifies the milestones from now all the way to full support for Kotlin. And uh, you can check where they stand and what the plans are. Oh, I didn't. No, I did not see that last time. So there is a blog post listing the actual dates on the milestones? Uh, I, I'm not sure they have dates, but at least they have scopes. Uh, let me find it and then we'll add it to the, um, to the show okay. notes. Well, while you're doing that, uh, I should mention, of course, the I would expect thing... you to do it because, you know, you are... I, for the I did roll reasons, that softball in. I was waiting for you to hit it. I mean, after all. Of course, you know. of course. No, I couldn't resist. Well, I would have been disappointed had you not done so. Uh, at any rate, while you're doing that, there is one change that does affect developers uh, in Gradle, and that is in 3.2, they have finally officially deprecated the left shift operator as a way of defining tasks. Uh, the reason basically being is that so many people get that wrong. You know, when you, uh, one of the keys to understanding Gradle builds is to understand the difference between uh, configuration time and execution time, and when you are putting in the left shift operator, it's as though you're adding in a do last block inside and therefore the all the code inside the task is executed at execution time rather than configuration time. But without the left shift operator, then everything is configuration time. In fact, it'll, so everything in there will get run no matter whether you're running that task or not. Uh, and if you have that and a do last, it could get confusing. So at any rate, they have finally, after all this time, deprecated that and said, well, it's, they're tired of explaining to people the difference. I mean, they didn't say that, but clearly that was uh, a lot of the motivation. Are you glad to see it go? Yeah, the, the difference between the conceptual difference between configuration time and execution time, it wasn't that clear. And when you add to it a very subtle syntax difference between the two uh, blocks of code, that makes it very, very hard to understand. Uh, so that makes perfect sense. Uh, and generally, I have to say that I would really love to see, um, um, I would say, easier way to write the code in the uh, tasks which are externalized in plugins and, and maybe a little bit harder to write the code inside the Groovy script itself. So one of the, one of the things that I, um, 
Maven that for Maven have so so large adoption, I would say, is that um, the build uh, the build masters are 100% sure that the users won't mess with their build so much just because it's impossible. So with Groovy, we are in the, uh, with Gradle, we are in the uh, opposite uh, side of things where uh, it's very inviting to start hacking around the build script itself. And um, if it will be more inviting to externalize the code uh, instead of writing it inside the build script, I think it's a good move. Well, it's the old story of sometimes your greatest strength is also your biggest weakness. Uh, Gradle is extremely easy to customize, and of course, the Gradle build file basically supports anything in the Groovy language. And some of the downsides to that are, as you say, people have a tendency to put business logic or anything that's beyond simple configuration right in the build script, and that's a problem. Uh, as you get better at Gradle, then people do have a tendency to write their own custom tasks and then ultimately package those into plugins. But yes, it's uh, it's a gray area, and it, it can be difficult. I, I don't know whether the removing the left shift operator itself is a step along that, that path, but I did get uh, some very positive reactions in my Twitter feed when I mentioned it. A lot of people were very happy to see that go, but a couple others, you know, people like Andres Almire, who you know know this stuff so well, they just you know, they breathe it. You know, uh, they like operator overloading. He probably was disappointed to see it gone. Uh, or maybe you could add it as an option or something like that. At any rate, they have, in fact, deprecated it. I assume that with older build files that use it, it'll give some sort of warning. I tried out Grails, a Gradle 3.2 with an existing build, but I haven't used that left shift operator at some time, so I haven't gone to see what the actual warning is that you get when you use the older syntax. Yep, yeah. Yeah, so at any rate, that was uh, another major release. Now... The Spock framework is headed for a major release. They sent out 1.1-release uh, release candidate three, uh, I believe they, and they claim that, by the way, Spock 1.1 official is on its way. And the major change there is something that's uh, actually sweeping its way through the industry is that uh, they are replacing CG Live with this new Java project called ByteBuddy. I assume you're familiar with that. Yeah, so I heard about the the the, the change, and generally, ByteBody is kind of the new uh, and and uh, modern and and more popular way to more sane way to manipulate bytecode than the very aging CGLib. So um, if you if you need today uh, a framework for manipulating bytecode, definitely ByteBody is is the way to go. Uh, generally, I'm extremely happy to see Spock finally started to move forward again because uh, it's it's already better than everything else the market has to offer but um, it was in a kind of stagnating period for quite a while where uh, when Peter Nedervaiser was busy with uh, with other things so I'm really happy to see it moving forward again yeah I, I have seen bite buddy referred to both as the uh, byte manipulation library used inside Makito. It's also apparently uh, being adopted by the Hibernate people as well. Uh, they have a tendency to be one of the first major Java projects to adopt a new technology that tends to filter through. For example, as I recall, they were one of the first major non-Groovy related Java projects to adopt Gradle. 
And when they adopted Gradle, those several years ago, they felt it was sufficiently uh, big. It was a sufficiently big deal. They had to write a blog post justifying it, you know, explaining why they did it. By the time the Spring Framework got around to adopting Gradle as their build tool, it wasn't even really worth noting, you know. Uh, but any rate, if both Makito and Hibernate are using ByteBuddy, it's nice to see that Spock is using it as well for the mock objects inside. Yeah, and and uh, funny enough, um, uh, of course, Hibernate being part of uh, uh, of Red Hat, another project of Red Hat, namely Wildfly, just announced that they won't support Gradle builds anymore. Are you serious? Yes, they had some. Uh, I guess that's another news that I need to to add to the um, to our. Uh, show notes. Um, they had a blog post explaining that um, it will still be, uh, at the moment at least, run with Gradle, but they are not uh, going to um, talk about uh, how their build is uh, uh, structured because they want eventually to phase Gradle out. And that's because uh, they uh, look for features, um, Maven-like features in Gradle and don't find them. So one of the complaints was we cannot extend from parent POM in Gradle. And the other was, well, the POM, uh, the bill of materials POMs uh, don't work as they work in Maven. And my only reaction was that is, well, it's, it's another tool. The concept the concept cannot be matched one-to-one. Um, -one. So if you are, if you think that the features that you had in Maven are better, don't ju just use just use Maven, right? And uh, if you want to switch to Gradle, you need to uh, to switch the way you think about your build and what you do with your build uh, and how you work with it. Well, personally, I think it's that says more about Maven than anything else because my experience has often been that if you work on a project that was built with Maven from the beginning, it's very, very difficult to get out of that. It's very difficult not to use Maven on projects that have grown up under its uh, framework. Now, of course, Gradle uses the build and knit plugin, which has been in... Um, or they call it incubating for literally years. But the, the build and knit plugin allows you to run uh, Gradle on a project that has a Maven POM in it, and it will generate a Gradle build file for you of varying degrees of success. Just this last week, I was doing a, a Spring Boot application. I was working with Spring and Spring Boot, and I happened to take an example that had been uh, generated with the Maven POM. I ran the Gradle build and knit plugin on it, and it made a you know, in order to see if I get a Gradle build file out of it, it made a couple of odd choices. It did a couple of things that were awkward, but in general, it was very easy to clean up and switch to uh, to Gradle inside it. But I, I do understand that people who are locked into into Maven have a difficult time leaving it. Now, of course, the whole idea of a parent POM, I mean, in Gradle, you have imports, you have uh, plugins, you have all kinds of things, but I understand that if you're, it's not the same way of thinking. I will also say, by the way, that I still, after all these years, find the name Wildfly to be ridiculous. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I mean, come on. They name their application server after a bug. I mean, and have you seen the, the icon for it? It's not a bug you want to be around. It's a bug you want to swat. 
You know, a wildfly is not something you adopt. A wildfly is something you go get some kind of bug spray for. You know, I, I still can't believe that they approve that name. Now, I, I normally try not to go off on that rant, but if they're going to toss out Gradle, then clearly whoever's making the decisions over there is uh, having some issues anyway. You know, and this is just something I, I have not used or even been interested in anything involving JBoss application server after they switch the name to Wildfly. So, so be it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, <laughs> getting back to the init plugin, I, I glad to hear that it still works. Uh, it was it was code that um, I wrote uh, really many years ago, I think like maybe six years ago or something, to, to convert uh, some Maven projects that that I had, and um, glad to hear that that it's still useful. I I didn't realize you were one of the people on that. I I don't think I knew you well enough back then to recognize the name. Well, how about that? Uh, you you did something good. I, I again, my experience with it is that if your Maven Palm is reasonably straightforward, you know, if you don't have a bunch of funny plugins and you haven't done a bunch of customization, it produces something that as a first pass you can play with a little bit in a Gradle build file and get it to work without a problem. I don't know how well it works on more complex Gradle builds, and I also don't know what they've done to it since they've adopted it as part of uh, Gradle yeah. proper, you know, with the plugin. But it's still been sitting there in incubating mode for, for years and years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's true. It uh, I did some uh, really, you know, like uh, converting the dependencies and incorporating the the parent POM and taking the repositories from settings file. So just the basic stuff around it, and it should give you it should give you a start. It should give you um, a, um, a place to begin with, and then you gracefully should port whatever you have in your POM file back to to Gradle. Yeah, I, I've uh, I always recommended as saying it's a way to get started. I don't don't expect yeah, it. To yes, yes, but it, it is get started. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned, I did it with Spring Boot. Spring Boot uh, used to recommend Groovy a lot more before the pivotal divorce. Uh, now they don't really talk about it. They they kind of talk about everything being in Java, even though the CLI support in Groovy is there. But I, I will say one interesting thing happened with Spring Boot uh, regarding Gradle. In fact, is that uh, Spring Boot has a Gradle plugin, of course, and when you make a new Spring Boot application with the Spring Initializer, then you can specify that you want to use a Gradle build as opposed to a Maven build, and that uh, may, the Spring Boot plugin for Gradle has always used a build script notation inside the Gradle build, the same way that many, many other plugins do. Well, they have finally, as of I think it was this week, have put the Gradle plugin for Spring Boot inside the Gradle plugin portal, uh, the plugins.gradle.org. And what that means is, is you can use the simpler syntax. You could just use the plugin syntax with the colons and an ID and a version number, and you don't need the whole build script block and an apply statement. Now, it doesn't actually change the behavior in any way, but it does simplify the syntax if you are interested in that. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, so I, I found it Interestingly enough, on, on the same topic of, of Spring Boot and Gradle, uh, again, I don't remember if we already covered it, there was some kind of, uh, uh, I would say, tension between uh, Andy Wilkinson, the creator of Spring Boot plugin, and uh, uh, Spring Dependency Manager plugin, uh, and uh, Gradle team when they released 
uh, Gradle 3 with some incompatibility between the APIs, uh, which prevented the ND to uh, write a single plugin that supports both uh, Gradle 2 and Gradle 3. And uh, he was very upset about it and declared that uh, the plugins won't support uh, Gradle 3, but only Gradle 2. And uh, I have to say that now things um, got uh, much more calm. Uh, recently, another issue on this, uh, on their um, Gina project was asking to uh, bring back the dependency for Gradle 3 and uh, Andy said that most of the things work out of the box with Gradle 2 plugin and uh, whatever doesn't work will probably work with 3.1 and generally they will officially support Gradle 3 back with the release of Spring Boot uh, 1.5. Oh, that's good to know. I, I knew there was some tension. I I also know that when you actually, um, pardon me, when you when you actually generate the Gradle plugin from the, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean the Gradle plugin. When you generate a Gradle build file from the Spring Initializer, it does expect to be using Gradle two dot something two dot x, but I. I didn't know that whether it supported three or not yet, but of course, by the time they hit Spring Boot 1.5, that shouldn't be long from now anyway. They're on a 1.4 point, uh, I think it's two at this point. I'm not sure what their time frame is, but they're moving forward, especially because the biggest thing in that ecosystem is that they're anticipating the release of Spring 5 in the first quarter of next year. There should be a release candidate for Spring 5 at the end of this year, and then uh, the full version next year. Now, of course, this also affects the Grails people because Grails is still basically built on top of Spring Boot these days so that whatever affects the Spring Boot people ultimately affects the Grails people as well. Yes. Uh, I'm adding the, those couple of things that I just shoot out of my head to, to the show notes so we will have them there as well. Oh, well, good idea. Okay, so that takes care of uh, the Grails happenings and the Gradle happenings and Spock as well. Uh, I believe that Rat Pack uh, released a 1.4.4 version, but it's just a couple of bug fixes over the 1.4.3, so nothing dramatic. Although I did see that, uh, again, I'm jumping around in the show notes, but Mr. Hockey, the inimitable Mr. Hockey, has updated his Rat Pack notebook so that this is uh, basically what Mr. Hockey does is he takes his huge volume of blog posts and he sorts them into the categories, Groovy, Gradle, Grails, Rat Pack, and ASCII Doc. And he has published a series of notebooks that encapsulate, if you will, those individual posts uh, under LeanPub so that you can uh, purchase one of those. And every time he updates that with a new release, you can go and and uh, get the update uh, whenever you like. So at any rate, the Rat Pack notebook was updated as well as his awesome ASCII doctor notebook in case you're interested. But I did want to mention that about Rat Pack. Uh, also on Rat Pack, just as an aside, uh, Guillaume LaForge has been pretty busy these days, you may have noticed, uh, with his work at Google. Now, a lot of that work at Google has involved Google Cloud-related projects. Uh, he's transitioned somewhat into a bit of an evangelist for all that stuff. But uh, he attended um, DevOx this uh, last week. Now, were you at DevOx, by the way? No, I was. I were in, I was in two different conferences in the same week. Yeah, that was a big uh, one. Um, Cube in San Francisco and Double Jacks. 
Okay, well, uh, the DevOx one that, that Guillaume was, was attending is the big one in Belgium, you know, and, and that uh, Paul King was there. No, Paul King was in Apache. Anyway, we'll come back to Paul. But at any rate, when, when Guillaume was at DevOx, two interesting things happened. As long as you mention Red Hat, uh, Guillaume LaForge actually met up with good old James Strachan again, the creator of Groovy. Uh, they yes. posted a picture of the two of them together smiling and how – James has since posted many times on how much he really still likes Groovy and all that, and that was just nice to see. Uh, but of course, more interesting from a developer point of view is that Guillaume wrote a, a, a nice little application and a blog post he called Binge Streaming Web APIs with Rat Pack and a whole bunch of uh, additional things as well. Um, this was very interesting in that he basically took the the JSON feed from the conference, you know, with the list of presenters and and uh, uh, topics and presentations and everything, and he produced that in real time in such a way that people could use a RESTful interface to vote on how happy they were about various presentations going on, and he was able to give back the answers in real time. And he did this. Let me make sure I get the, the collaborator's name right. He did this with a uh, what's uh, what's her name, Audrey, N E V E U. What do you suppose, Nivo? Yep. I'm just guessing. Yep. Uh, anyway, she did uh, apparently the the uh, UI, the user interface on a lot of that, and he did a presentation on that. So he did Rat Pack, Cloud Endpoints, App Engine Flex, and StreamData.io, and we have a link in here to the uh, to the blog post and his show notes, and he went into a considerable amount of detail. I noticed that his Rat Pack part was very straightforward. I mean, uh, without having to know much about Rat Pack, you can follow very easily exactly what he did there. And then the rest of it spent time on the, the cloud portion and the additional improvements. There's a link in his blog, both to the actual presentation and to the slides as well, which are posted on, of, of course, Google Slides, interestingly enough. Yep, yep. And uh, just to add controversy, as I usually do, it looks like James is off his love with uh, Scala completely. Uh, and um, he tweeted something along the most interesting languages for him now are Groovy and Kotlin. So I think we can close this chapter of if I knew Java, I wouldn't write Groovy and put it to, to rest finally after all those years. Oh, I think that's been done for a while now. That's true. And he, he does seem to have uh, fallen out of love with Scala just as he fell in love with it for a while. Uh, I'm just waiting for him to suddenly discover Kotlin and then we'll see what happens there too. Yeah, uh, I think he already he already mentioned that the, yes. the, the short list of his favorite languages now are Groovy and Kotlin. Right. So at any rate, it was good to see a picture. It's good to know he's back in the conference circuit. Uh, the other thing, by the way, regarding Guillaume LaForge, he wrote another blog post uh, in the last couple of weeks. He is now officially verified on Twitter, and he blogged about what he had to do in order to make that happen. Uh, I'm, when, when are you going to be officially verified on Twitter? Well, I, I watched this conversa conversation. Uh, it's Ebernar um, uh, Wolf. Uh, the um, highly profiled German speaker and, and Java consultant um, bragged that he got now verified and Guillaume asked him what he has to do. And I saw the list and I'm like, well, probably when I will have time, which means never. 
it's right. just too much of a hassle for I'm not sure what benefit it except of the bragging rights it actually brings. Well, I noticed that um, you have approximately what 4,200 followers. That's why I'm looking at your profile now. Uh, if you say so, okay. <laughs> yeah, I probably have about half that. I've got a little over 2,000, I think. Of course, the one I've got to check, right, would have to be uh, Dan Veloper, right? Because uh, Dan Woods has, uh, according to his profile, oh, he's only got 2,500. I might be pretty close to that. That's something. So yeah. So the the with the the interesting part with Dan that he got to this amount of followers in like two weeks, right? Yeah, but of <laughs> course, uh, Guillaume had over ten thousand, and that's as it should be. I shouldn't have anywhere near the number of followers of, of Guillaume LaForge. Uh, I wonder if getting verified depends on how many followers you have, and and you know, I, we we both have so few. I don't. Well, I shouldn't say we both. I certainly have so few. I don't know that they would even listen to me. Uh, you might. I know. think I think it's a combination of how significant you are as a figure for the community and the number of followers that you have. So, in other words, it's not going to happen for either of us anytime soon. Exactly, well, exactly. And I don't even bother to gather all those documents and proofs how important I am, just because you know I really don't see what what benefit it has. Well, but speaking of that, so it really was partly a segue. Uh, what was notable is apparently the Apache Groovy Twitter feed has now exceeded 2,000 followers. Now, those are great news, and this yeah. is a, definitely a, a community-significant Twitter account. Right. So, I mean, it's good to know because that also happened on the other Apache Groovy uh what's the, I suppose, occasion that happened as well, anniversary, is that now... Groovy has been a top-level project at Apache for over one year, believe it or not. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it yep. was such Time a, flies. Yeah, that was amazing how quickly that happened, how quickly that came and went. Uh, I'd love to see the most recent data on downloads and everything, but it looks to be a, still a reasonably stable, slowly growing, but popular project. You don't hear about it that often, again, but it is one of those quieter technologies that people don't talk about as much. But it's still around. It's still very active in all the affiliated projects as well. Uh, and of course, if you want to learn more about Groovy, that leads me to back to Paul King that I mentioned. Now, as I've mentioned to you and others many times, Paul King is one of my personal heroes. Uh, I find I just uh, simplify my life by just saying if Paul King says it, I just assume it's right. You know, uh, everything he says is right. That's the easiest uh, simplification for me. He's uh, he's a doctor. Like well, I unfortunately I know too many doctors that aren't always right. I mean, I'm one of them. So you know, I, I that doesn't quite carry the the weight that it might in other cases. But uh, nevertheless, for Paul, it does. Uh, but at any rate, he was making some presentations at ApacheCon uh, in Se Seville, Spain, Sevilla, however you would pronounce it, and. He did his. Um, he updated his slides at SlideShare. Now, Paul, for many years, posted all of his slides on SlideShare, and I always found it a mixed blessing going to a, a Paul King talk because he is the kind of guy who will try to stuff 150 slides into an hour. You know. Um, yes. <laughs> but if but his slides tend to have enough detail on them that if you can browse the slides at your leisure, then you get a lot out of it. I, I don't know if I told you this story, but back in the when I was writing Making Java Groovy, what happened to me over and over again is I would spend 
days or a week figuring out a particular topic, you know, trying to understand it and everything. And then I would go and find a presentation by Paul King on SlideShare that had everything laid out in all detail plus beyond what I'd even considered. And this oh, happened to be at least great. three times before I learned enough to go looking th look there first, you know, before I yes. But at any yes. rate, the reason I bring it up is that he actually posted updates to two of his presentations. Uh, one called Apache Groovy, the awesome parts, which I suspect, I think he's going to do at uh, G3 Summit as well. And another one called Working with Groovy and Databases, which includes some features that, I mean, all the years I've been working with the Groovy.SQL.SQL class, there were a couple new slides in there of things I had never used never seen. So I put the links in the show notes. Again, mm. it's always a good idea to check out presentations by Paul, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him at the uh, at the Gradle Summit. I did notice that he did change his title in these slides to, uh, what is it, Groovy, um, oh, what was it exactly? Let me, let me get it right, because I don't want to mess it up here. Um, but it says something about Groovy at OCI, so I'm waiting for it to load here. Uh, yeah, Groovy Lead for Object Computing Incorporated. So Groovy Lead and, and those are, this is one of the most exciting developments of, of the last month. Uh, yes. Because when uh, Paul King is working full time on Groovy, we can be sure that we are in very, very good hands. Yes, good things will happen as a result. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, so that of course gives me a segue uh, to uh, OCI. And OCI published a couple of things this week, or people working for OCI did. One was a, a Grails case study. Uh, I put the link in the show notes, but I did want to warn anybody who downloads it. It is a PDF, uh, which is not necessarily a problem, but if you're doing it, if you're accessing the show notes on a mobile browser, it's always nice to know that. And it was a case study showing why a particular client happened to prefer uh, Grails for solving one of their problems. I'm trying to load it right now to see. Oh, it's RGA, uh, case study talking about that. And therefore, if you're trying to look for uh, the business case for clients to present why you might want to use Grails on a particular project, uh, OCI has uh, presented that. Right now, the link doesn't seem to be working, but it was up there last week. Uh, also, uh, Zach Klein, who I'm sure you know, uh, put up a post about a new profile in Grails. He's uh, updated or put in a React profile for Grails. So that'd be a nice uh, companion to the AngularJS profile for Grails and yet another way of building in a JavaScript-related front end on a Grails app. Uh, yes. Right. So again... Uh, another, uh, another interesting news item that, again, came not not from the list, but I retrofit it to the list, uh, yeah. just adding it now, is um, interestingly enough, our very own co-host, Peter Ledbrook, mm. had a couple of blog posts in the, in the Gradle corporate blog. I am not sure what it's supposed to mean, and I leave this question open. Well, Dropping that on a public podcast like this, I'm sure he'll just love that. Uh, well, the <laughs> blog is public, I, I have to say. Yes, but our, our speculation about it is not necessarily. But any rate, uh, yeah, we'll have to send him a message and, and have to send him a message and see what he thinks, what's going on. Uh, it's long since we should have checked in with him anyway. I keep thinking of doing that, and I, I keep getting uh, 
I keep thinking of it when I'm not in front of my desk when I can't actually send the mail, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to send him a message and see, you know, how things are going with him and if there's anything he wants to do. I'm still, we're still awaiting his grand entrance, you know, to come back and, and make an appearance on the, on the podcast here. Uh, so that's good to hear that he's still active and that things are going on. And it sounds like they're maybe in the verge of, of things happening as well. So we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, so I just added that to the news, uh, to the show notes as well. Oh, good. I suppose <laughs> I should refresh then to see the show notes. Whoa, it's a lot longer than I had it there. Uh, oh, you got you found the roadmap to the Gradle Script yes. Kotlin 1.0 yes. as well. Yes. Oh, boy. Sponsored by the – yeah, okay, I'll have to edit <laughs> that as well. <laughs> okay, now – I'm glad you liked it. Uh, another one that we should talk about, uh, a mention here – is that uh, Ryan Vanderwerf, who does a lot of work with uh, mobile devices, especially with Alexa. He's got all the different um, Amazon devices, and he has done some presentations at GreatConf regarding ways to integrate Groovy and or Grails with Alexa. I believe he's doing another one at the G3 Summit this year. Uh, at any rate, he has updated his Alexa Skills Gradle plugin, and now it adds audio player support with a community-driven SDK for playing streams like podcasts. And what podcast comes to mind when you combine yeah, well, Groovy and podcast in the same sentence? I think he had a problem with trying to get the Groovy podcast to play, and it's possible that that may have been my fault, as it turns out, because uh, while he has all the different Amazon devices, I just got a Google Home device, okay? Yes. Uh, let me see. Okay, Google, tell me a joke. Why are libraries so strict? They have to go by the book. Uh, did you hear that? Of course, of course. Yeah, and that's a very nice copy copycat from Alexa. I kind of like it. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, no doubt. But if I ask my Google Home to play a particular podcast, it will. Like if I ask it to play the Bill Simmons podcast, something like that, it'll play the latest. So of course I asked it to play the Groovy podcast, and it was like, uh, you know, I don't know from any Groovy podcast. So I went to Google Music to go search for the Groovy podcast, and it turns out it wasn't available there and I went oh geez so I hit the publish button and it wanted to know the RSS feed and when I tried to put in the RSS feed apparently I had never specified a couple of fields in the RSS feed that it wanted like uh, I thought I'd put in a you know I don't know what it was that it was missing but I added a subtitle I added an email address I added whatever you know seemed to be missing and as of this afternoon, you know, I it's now under awaiting moderation. I mean, it, they found it, it's published. Within a short period of time, it will be available, which means that I should be able to play it on my Google Home device. Now, whether that will help uh, Ryan in his effort to uh, play them through uh, Alexa or not, I don't know. He did ask for some kind of signed document so that he could submit and say that it was okay, he had approval to do this sort of thing through Alexa, and I sent him along whatever he asked for, uh, but I don't know what the status is of that. I expect we'll talk to him at the G3 Summit and see what's going on with that. But I do expect, yeah. uh, I do hope that the Google people will approve the podcast for Groovy Music or Google Music uh, any time now. I mean, after all, it's been working under iTunes and most other podcast clients uh, for months now. That's that's true. Yes. 
Yeah, so I hope I didn't make his life any more difficult by not necessarily knowing what I was doing here. But if so, hopefully I have fixed that problem, uh, and then we'll see. Now, uh, anything else uh, you wanted to mention? Um, I suppose uh, Jen Strader published her uh, comments, her update to the Fulbright Committee. Did you see that? Uh, no, I didn't see it, but I need to look at it, of course. Well, Jen is, um, is of course, on a Fulbright scholarship uh, in uh, Copenhagen these days. And she, of course, has to do things related to Groovy as part of her as part of her major thesis project. And one of the things she talked about in that update was uh, all the work she did for the community helping to put together the, the Groovy community Slack, uh, which is very helpful. I mean, of course, it, it also has the code of conduct in it. It's got mechanisms for filtering and approvals. Uh, she did a lot of work on that, and that's, that's very valuable work for the community as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I know she's also doing a lot of technical things as well, but I think she's got some coursework she's got to get out of the way before she really digs into the, the compiler issues and the other major researchy things that she plans to do in the Groovy area. And of course, she's the moderator of the Groovy, Groovy community Slack that uh, we are glad to remind you, if you didn't enroll already, just go to groovy-community.slackarchive.io and um, well, that's you can the archive. see the archives, or uh, go to, I think it's groovycommunity.com, one world, right. to get your own right. invite and register for, for, the, for the Slack channel. That's true. That's, that's great. I want to mention that. Now, of course, our friends uh, putting together uh, the various feeds that we use for building our podcast were active as well. Um, for example, the... Uh, Groovy Calamari had a couple of issues that came out, uh, one talking a lot about transactions. There was another one, too. But the scariest thing that happened with Groovy Calamari, I don't know if you noticed this, is now they've got a new logo over there. Yes, Have you seen it? I did. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, um, well, it's kind of scary, to be honest with you. You know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of squid-like with a single eye in the middle. It only has five legs, I suppose there must be a few more that are hidden. Uh, kind of like the, the, the grumpy Gradle Fant with only, it's only three legs, you know. So I'm not exactly sure why they consider this icon to be a good idea, uh, unless you like the idea of a, you know, Calamari horror movie or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but okay, good for Sergio. I hope he likes it. And uh, I, well, it's kind of nice. Come on. It's pink for crying out loud, too. It's a pink squid with a yes. single eye. I mean, yes. okay, you know, I mean, like like we're one to complain about icons, but, you know, okay, uh, <laughs> so be it, you know. But at least I want to make sure we mentioned it. So, you know, everybody go take a look at the new uh, logo for... Yes, now I, I'm afraid that the, his site is going to collapse right now because all the traffics we, 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 we send his way. All five people you think will go see at the same time? I don't know if they can handle that, yeah. That's um, my point, right. And, of course, the, there have been a couple issues of the uh, the Grail's Diary as well, although I don't think they mentioned anything major that we haven't already talked about, although that tends to be much more thorough in that it, it shows interesting tweets over the week. I think, it's, I think it goes the other way around. We mentioned what they have, not the other way around. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I don't think we... I don't. Uh, it's a, they are much more thorough 
he is much more thorough than we are, you know. Uh, yep. But whatever, uh, definitely be sure to check that out. I just uh, I don't think they there are things that we missed on that this time, but there could very well be, and it's of course much more extensive uh, as right. well. I just a recap. Yeah, that's pretty much all. And just to recap the conferences that we're looking for, they didn't change since uh, the last episode, but just for making sure that you know about them and, and already submitted your talks and ready to go. Uh, G3 Summit comes very soon in, in two weeks, right. November uh, 28th in uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale. And that's a great time to be in Florida. Um, a great conf India, but also soon enough January. Um, both Greek and Great Conf EU have their uh, cover papers open, so um, you should submit your groovy talks there. Absolutely, uh, we'll be seeing a lot of our groovy friends at the G3 Summit, of course. And we will definitely be sure to hold a podcast from the G3 Summit with as many of the uh, leaders that we can find, you know, that we can get together with. Uh, so that I'm really looking forward to that. Of course, I still have, should I, I shouldn't admit that I still have slides to make, right? Still have talks to put together. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's fine. We, that's two weeks. If it was like day before, I would say maybe you shouldn't say that with two weeks are, 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 are all fine. And well, uh, I think, um, some someone on the slack um guy named tucker do you know him uh, uh yes yeah so tucker suggested that he will bring his uh, 360 uh, uh 360 degrees camera mm -hmm. that will be able uh, to record this a uh, podcast with all the guests um live at a uh, g3 summit yeah that's pretty freaky uh his twitter handle as i recall is virtual dogbert uh, yes <laughs> tucker is the head of the boston groovy and grails user group oh so, uh, here you go yeah I, I got a chance to see him when i when i gave a talk up at that user group uh, uh just before java one a little bit of time ago so it'll be very nice to see him there um, yeah, so that's that's great that he's going to bring that, uh, and we'll see how many people we can pack in the room to make that worthwhile uh, as well. Uh, of course, I, I should mention the G3 Summit is technically part of the No Fluff, Just Stuff conference tour. Uh, if you go to nofluffjuststuff.com, you see the events for next year. Also, of course, nofluffjuststuff.com slash groovypodcast is our homepage, if you will. We um, are so smooth with all those transitions today. It's just unbelievable. We are cooking like Betty Crocker here. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but the last No Fluff event of the year is this weekend in Denver. So I'm, I'm headed on a plane there. Uh, and then that will end the No Fluff season for this year. Of course, that still leaves the G3 Summit and then Rich Web Experience the following week and then another Architecture Conf, Arch Conf the week after that. And then we're into January and we'll talk about next year when we get to that point. But if you ever fall behind on any groovy podcasts or you want to see the videos or whatever, uh, of course, you can always go to, to nofluffjuststuff.com slash groovypodcasts and everything is hosted uh, in embedded players on that site. Of course, if you just want to subscribe, you could see it that way. If you might, maybe somebody will leave a nice note on iTunes or something. I Even I haven't gotten around to doing that. I, I really have to say something nice on iTunes. How about you want to do that too or should we going to put something nasty 
Yeah, I know. We we definitely should do something nasty. You know me. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, but it does help people find it, I suppose, and it'll help our uh, advertising rates if and when we ever get any actual real. Yeah, no, actually, you know what? You know what? Our five listeners can actually go there, give it high ray ranking, and and write something nice, and then we'll be all set. That's what I'm saying. I mean, sure, why not? It doesn't cost anything to do that. Uh, exactly. Okay. Uh, anything else, or do you think we've uh, pretty much covered it? I think we nailed it for today, and I'm super excited to see you all at uh, Fort Fort uh, in two weeks. That will be triumphant. Awesome. The triumphant finale of the Groovy Puzzlers. Is that what's going to happen at, at season three? Yes, that will be the last, the positively last show of season three. And a desperate call for new puzzlers for season four. Well, we'll have to make something up. We'll have to see what we can do. We can start probably yeah. brainstorm. Of course, Paul King's going to be there. He could probably just toss off half a dozen puzzlers without even thinking about I, it. I really hope he will. Also, if Johan will be there, uh, and Paul, by the way, Paul now, he's the is the groovy lead so he can probably help me just you know releasing a version with enough puzzlers building for the sake of the show well we know guillaume will be there and i probably cedric as well so lots of uh, lots of people in the community will be available uh, looking I, I, forward it will be great fun yeah i assume you will not let that opportunity go by yeah okay. i'll do my best okay well i'll see you in a couple weeks and our our next podcast will be from the g3 summit and then we will go from there. So thank yep. you. Uh, good to see you and see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you and bye-bye. Okay, take care.